Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Say you are the reason 
Oh, I thought you were going to clap together to glorify the name of the Lord. Somebody, come on, give a clap offering. Father, we thank you for these offerings that are given to glorify your holy name in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. Amen. What a blessing. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that they overcome the enemy by the blood of Jesus and the words of their testimony. Hallelujah. We give testimony to glorify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We give testimony to tell about what the Lord has done in our lives. Hallelujah. And I believe every one of us, every day we have testimonies. Hallelujah. If the Lord open your eyes to see and give you the air to breathe, that alone is a testimony. But many of us, we don't see those. We are waiting for some sort of dramatic something to change in our life before we can say that we have testimonies. Hallelujah. Without wasting much time, I would like to invite our dear sister, Josephine and the family, to come and testify for what the Lord has done in her life and the entire family. If I were you, I would stand and give clap offering as they are ushering onto the pulpit to give a testimony. Hallelujah.
just want to thank him for his goodness and for his mercies. You see, the devil tried to make me a statistic. But God in his infinite mercies and grace has shown me kindness. And I stand here today just to say thank you. Thank you. And not just... The sacrifice of thanks this morning. So you see, last year, somewhere around July, I started to swell up in my stomach. And it just came on so suddenly. I was fine. I was walking up and about doing my work. And then one Saturday, I woke up and the extension was so much that I couldn't breathe. So I called my doctor and he told me to come and see him on that Monday. So Monday I went to his office. This was on July 18. And um, he examined me and uh, ordered a liver ultrasound because on the 31st of January, I had my paps, pap test done, so, and everything was okay. Um, I saw the same doctor in April for my annual physicals, and everything was okay. And he will always say to me, Ms. Johnson, all oh, your lab tests and everything is great except for your bones. Many of you know that I have bilateral knee arthritis, and that is my only impediment. So he decided to check my liver, even though in April the liver function test and everything was okay. So I went to get the ultrasound done. You see, when they tried to make the appointment for the ultrasound, the earliest date they could find was the end of August. And God being good to me, with the position I have in my hospital, my doctor is also in my hospital, so I called my head nurse in radiology and I said, Joe, I need an appointment for ultrasound. He says, Ms. Johnson, hold on, just give me your medical record. And he walked right to the um, radiology ultrasound department and called me back and then said, Ms. Johnson, they will see you on Thursday. So the appointment suddenly changed from August, ending of August to July, um, I think it was July 20th or 21st. So I went that day for the liver ultrasound and the tech that was doing the test told me that she was going to route the test to the radiologist to read it immediately. I wasn't alarmed. So anyhow, the radiologist read it and called my doctor back and related to my doctor that they find, they found uh, a grapefruit size of mass in my ovary. And they recommend that I have a vaginal ultrasound. And then he also ordered some blood tests to 
check my to check for cancer status. And so they call me back the same day for the vaginal ultrasound. Please pardon me if I'm a little slow. Um, I went for the vaginal ultrasound and they recommended that I see a GYN. And I went to get my blood test also done for two more markers. So two tumor markers were done, CEA to check for cancer in my GI tract and CA125 for my ovary cervix and other GYN areas. So when the results came back, my CA125, the norm is usually 35 or less. Mine was around 1,200. So the doctor told me to go and see a GYN. They made an appointment again for me in October. And I'm just sharing this to say something. So in October, they called me and said, Ms. Johnson, we gave you an appointment to see a GYN in October. GYN in July, August, September, October, three months. So I call, I, I just walk there, because that's one of the clinics that I get and I supervise, so I'm very familiar with all the doctors. So I walk to the clinic and I said to one of the doctors to see me. And Dr. Uh, the doctor Rucci said to me, Josephine, I can't see you know we are too close. And but I'll review your records and guide you. So she got on the computer, looked at my results, my blood tests and everything, and said, you know, you have cancer. So I went from seeing the doctor on Monday to being told on Friday that I had cancer. And then I left her and I went straight to the oncology department. Again, that's one of the areas that I oversee. The chief said to me, Ms. Johnson, I saw your results yesterday. I knew what it was already. But you don't have a good oncology GYN here, so I want you to seek care outside of Lincoln Hospital. I said, sure. Just tell me where you think would be right for me to go. So immediately she took my, my ID and my insurance and faxed it to Sloan, Memorial Sloan. And they specialize in cancer, so she sent my information to them. And that same Friday, within a few um, hours, I got a call from Sloan. And I think that it was all the favor of God. Because if I was any regular patient, I may not be standing here today. And so the favor just kept bottling. The GYN oncologist, you know how busy our doctors are. He's never met me, but immediately he picked up the call, phone and called me and asked me if I've had any uh, scans done. I said, no. He says, okay. I'm going to order a scan, depending on if your insurance approves it, to get done on Monday. And then I want you to see me on Wednesday. I said, sure, that's a good plan. So I went and got a CT scan of my pelvis, chest, and abdomen done on that Monday, so the 25th of July. And then I saw him on the 27th of July. On the 27th of July, 
at this time, it's been only a couple of weeks, but I was losing weight rapidly. My stomach kept growing bigger and bigger. I couldn't eat, I couldn't breathe. So when I saw the doctor, he said to me, you know, I know you can't breathe, but the reason why you can't breathe is because you have a large amount of fluids in your lungs and your stomach. And I suspect that the cancer has probably spread all over. And, but, you know, um, I am going to do a pap test to see the origin of this cancer. And I'm going to send you to the emergency room to go get the fluids drained so you can get some comfort. So that was the plan of the day. After the pap test, I was sent straight to the emergency room and they tapped about 4,000 liters from my right lungs and about almost 5,000 fluids from my stomach. And then after they finished the tap, I went home and I saw him like a week after. So he said to me that, you know, the good thing is the fluids has no cancer cells, so it's questionable. But to determine whether this mass is really cancerous, I have to undergo surgery. So he scheduled the surgery because he was going on vacation and he wanted me to consult with another surgeon. But I, I told him that since I've started with him, I would want him to perform the surgery because I don't know why he was connected to me. And all this time we were praying. So right after I left, I called Pastor Nana and I said, Pastor Nana, you know, this is what I have been told, but we have been praying. But the Bible also says that if a person is sick in the church, we should call the elders to pray and anoint the person. So I called Pastor Nana. Pastor Nana said to me that Pastor Kwame, Reverend Kwame was out of town. So he was going to relate the message to Reverend Kwame and prayed with me. And I went home. And between the two weeks, so this was around the first week of um, first week of August. So before August 16, I had been to the emergency twice to get fluids drained from my stomach, and every time the fluid just the fluid just kept coming. So every time I went, it was like within three four days, I had to go to the emergency room, and they would tap and they would remove about five liters of fluids. It was a lot of fluids that was accumulated from where I didn't know. So on the 16th, come the 16th, I went, we were told to reach the hospital by 5 a.m. We got to the hospital by 5 a.m. They started to prep me, and my blood pressure was a little low. My blood pressure was around 86, 64, which has never been my norm. So. They wondered if I was in any blood pressure medications. I don't have hypertension, I don't have diabetes. And so they, uh, they gave me some fluids to bring up the blood pressure. So when I stabilized, I was healed to the OR. And in the OR, I was joking with them and I told them that I'm here to deliver my baby. So once the baby was delivered, I was gonna be fine. I talked to them, they put me under anesthesia and I, off. The next time I woke up was around 8 p.m. This was from 
7 a.m. when I was in OR, I woke up around 8 p.m. And when I woke up, the doctor came to me and told me that I coded in the OR. And for those of you who are in the medical field and work in the hospital, it is so hard to code in the OR. There is, I have worked in my hospital for 20 years and counting, and I've never had a code in the OR. It's hardly that you code in the OR. But because of the large amount of fluids in my lungs, my oxygen was not saturating. And so I coded and they had to resuscitate me to bring me back to life. If you don't work in the medical field, if I say code, it's just like watching a movie on TV and somebody's about to die and suddenly the machine goes flat. You hear beep, 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 beep. So that's what happened to me. In actuality, I died on the table and God brought me back. So fast forward after the surgery, I follow up for the results. So during the surgery, what they did, they said they were gonna have a laparoscopy, which means just inserting a tube to look around and see if it's whatever, if they can incise the tumor, they would just incise the tumor with the tube. Unfortunately, with everything that was going on, they had to cut me from top to bottom, open me up. They took everything. They took my ovaries, cervix, omentum. Uh, these are all medical terms, but it was a big surgery for me. They took my, my right diaphragm because they found a lymph node in my right, right diaphragm, so they took that out. I came out of surgery uh, with chest tubes and all these tubes all over everywhere. And I've never been sick in my life. The only time I've been in the hospital is when I went to have a child. So the doctor said, you know, you gave us a scare. You died, you had a cold. And so see, you will see me again in two weeks to remove your staples. I went and got the staples removed and then I saw him, I was healing very well. And all this time the pastors were praying for me. Reverend Kwame, LP Pam, LP Anita, all of them, every single day, one of them will call me and pray for me when I was in the hospital before I had to be discharged. Reverend Kwame came, visited me, and anointed me in the hospital. And the day that I was supposed to have been discharged, I stood up suddenly. There was a voice on the incision area. And I was feeling so uncomfortable, so I took the gauze and the band out. And suddenly there was, I started gushing. The water started gushing out of me like they had turned on a pipe, a faucet. From where it came from, only God knows. So after all this ordeal, I saw the doctor again. And then he said to me, Ms. Johnson, we managed to take everything out. I am very surprised because my expectation was that the cancer would have been everywhere based on the symptoms that you presented. But the good thing is that when we went inside, we only saw this wind, one big uh, tumor sitting there, so we took everything out. I'm glad that we took everything out, but even though we took everything out, there might still be the possibility of microscopic um, disease lingering around, so you have to undergo chemotherapy. I said, chemotherapy? And I was a chemotherapy nurse, so I had a great amount of knowledge about chemotherapy, so I was very resistant. And he left, he said to Ms. Johnson, I'm sorry to tell you that 
you have two different rare types of cancers. One was found in your cervix, one was in the ovary, and they don't, they're not related. They're two different types of cancers. And out of every 70 women, only one woman may get that type of cancer. So it's necessary that you get the treatment. And uh, otherwise you will die in six months. So they hung a death sentence around me again. And uh, I left the office. I called Pastor Nana, we prayed again. My husband and I, we went home, we were praying. I said, I don't want to take chemotherapy. My husband advised me, says, Joe, you know that even though you don't want to take chemotherapy, God can use chemotherapy to heal you. So let's pray over it. So one night, the reason why I'm sharing this lengthy story is because God has really been good. And that night, he came to me in a dream, and this, this favorite pastor that we, this pastor that we usually listen to, and in my dream, this pastor came to the environment where my husband and I were, and he came to pray for my husband. He laid his hands on my husband and he prayed for him, and he fell down. And I was just standing there as an onlooker, just looking at everything that was happening. Then after he was done with my husband, he walked to me and he said to me, I know you have been diagnosed with cancer, and I know you have been told to go through chemotherapy. Come, let me pray for you. So he laid his hands on me and he said to me, that God will give you the grace to go through the chemotherapy. And so that was my confirmation that I was going to be okay. And so I decided to take the chemotherapy. Now I was supposed to take chemotherapy every three weeks for six cycles. So I started my chemotherapy on the 20th of September. Took the first treatment. It was six hours long. Two days later, I end up in the emergency room because I was crippled with pain. Couldn't walk, couldn't stand, I couldn't bathe. My husband had to hold my hand to go to the bathroom. The pain was excruciating. I was given morphine, I was given oxycodone, I was given all the pain medication in the ED. Nothing touched that pain. And they sent me home with oxycodone. I was taking oxycodone every two hours. And it did nothing for the pain. I was in excruciating pain. For a whole week, I was in pain. And then, the other side effects started. Started to lose my hair. My facial hair, my eyebrows, and my eyelashes, they were all, this is uh, Auntie Lee, you know, so fast forward, I did chemotherapy with excruciating pain, but I understood his covenant of grace, and the grace came from all of you, the dawn prayers pastors who announce and say, let's pray for those who are sick amongst us. Unbeknown to you, you were praying for some of us. 
And God listened to all the prayers, the visitations of those of you who knew I had surgery. Some cooked for me. Some called me and just encouraged me. They didn't even know what I was going through. To them, I just had, I had just had surgery. But the comfort, that, was, that all meant grace to me. So I finished the chemotherapy. The last chemotherapy was last month. And glory be to God. The 31st of January, they repeated my CT scans and my blood work. And I missed one part. Between July and the surgery, my tumor market had gone from 100 to over 3,000. And today I stand here to thank God to say that my tumor markers are less than 14. I am cancer-free. And I thank the pastors. What a blessing. I thank all of you. What a I blessing. thank God. I thank my family, my husband, my children, my sisters. They walked this walk with me. Hello? God never deserted. Come on, um, are you sitting down like that? Oh my God. Come on, rise up onto your feet. Let's give the glory to the living God. Come on. Come on. Oh, yes. What God cannot do does not exist. Come on, give him glory. Give him the praise. Oh, yes. What a blessing. What an honor. The Lord has done it. Hallelujah. If they tell you you have only six months, what will you do? What will you do? But one thing I, know, I notice is that Joe kept her faith going. She always had great spirit. When you talk to her, it does not mean, it didn't mean that she was not going through pains. Hallelujah. And brethren, I want to let you know that what God cannot do, that means it doesn't exist in this world. I said what God cannot do does not exist in this world. Hallelujah. The Lord has done it. It's forever. Everything that he does is forever. And I want to say to the rest of the family, thank you so much for your support. Daddy, Brother Tony, thank you for your love and just being there. My dear pastor, thank you. you know, and we will not look back again. We will look forward. One of the things I want to also use it, this opportunity to encourage you. Let's please keep serving the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, Joe was saying, the pastors, we were praying, but even got to the convener. Anyone who will hear Joe's name knows Joe. Apostle Joel, recently when I was driving, I mean, when we had a pastor's meeting, I got the opportunity to, to 
her from the airport, took him from the airport with E.S. Uh, Sarah to go to the meeting. And around the conversation that came up, how's Joe doing? Hallelujah. She has been a treasure since the church started. Hallelujah. You can't take care of God's money for all these years, being there all the time. And you will go through this, and the Lord will not remember. Hallelujah. God remembered, and he will continue to remember you. Hallelujah. Let's keep serving the Lord. Let's keep serving him. He's everything that we need in Jesus' name. Father, we bless you. We honor you for such a blessing and great miracle that you have done. You have blown our, our, yes, our minds yes, yes, again yes, yes. that what you cannot yes. do, it yes. does not exist. In the name of Jesus. And we bless your name bless for this church. Name. Yes, Lord. The church that miracles is all, are always over from our pastor, Bishop Dad, all the way down to we the younger pastors. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. What a blessing. As Pastor Nana said, today is a special day. And in fact, I will appreciate if you can leave the outer pew, you know, my dear. Too. And then those at the back, especially behind those poles, we can see you. We want to take pictures. If you can occupy some of these places. If you want social distancing, by the grace of God, I think we have enough space to observe social distancing. Hallelujah. You know, beautiful. Thank you. Today is a special day, so please bear with us. If we go over 1 p.m., just a little bit, please don't get angry with us, and we will close soon. Hallelujah. Are you happy that you came to church today? Well, um, I don't know whether I should preach or I should say something while we are all wearing all this green green hallelujah are we not looking be nice and beautiful hallelujah including my special hanky that um i have received you amen, know amen, amen. <laughs> you know i'm sure many of you have heard already and we are a church that we are almost like a family so even if you haven't heard from us I'm sure you have heard from other places where you have family members, friends. Hallelujah. The church in North America and Canada has been divided into three denominations. And I think it's a good place to put your hands together for Jesus. The greatness of every business is by and through its branches. Hallelujah. If you look at, just take McDonald's. McDonald's is great because of the franchises that we see. If you want to bring it down to the branches. Hallelujah. The same way 
all the companies that you see, they are really great, are companies that they have different organizations within the company. Are you with me, please? So, as the church has been growing in North America and Canada, the wisdom from the leadership is that it is important for us to divide it. It said that we will be able to manage it well. Hallelujah. So, from the eastern part of Canada, which is Toronto part, Ontario, you know, and all the way down to New Hampshire, to um, Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Delaware, and Pennsylvania, we are called Lycos International Church. Hallelujah. And I think it's a good place, a good place to put in your... So, this is the logo. The logo may change a little bit, but for now, Lycos simp simply means lay people, common people, ordinary people, people with that skills. Hallelujah. That, that can do ministry. For those who have been around for some time, it's one of the first books that the prophets wrote, lay people and the ministry. The name is changed now, what it means to be a shepherd. Hallelujah. And I personally believe that in North America here in Canada, everything originated from this particular church. Hallelujah. So I think it's a good place to put your hands together for Jesus. Yeah, the church, this church has really produced a lot of branches, a lot of pastors. Look at Yao. Yao is a, Yao, are you not a pastor? Yeah. If I will not be mistaken, he was one of the young ones who was running around in 42nd Street. So, the church and the pastors, I was telling somebody, even the older ones, the pastors that originally they were trained in Manhattan, you see that their caliber and their understanding in ministry is different. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, I've had opportunity to sit in meetings and leadership meetings, and you can see that pastors originally from Manhattan branch, they are different. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, no, the next one is when you take the Midwest, going through from MD, going to Virginia, all the way down to Florida, some part of it in the Midwest is called Memphis. You know, when I say Midwest, Midwest, mid of United States, the mid of United States, all the way down from Maryland going in the eastern part is called the Revival International Church. Hallelujah. And their logo is different. Then the West, the West, California, Arizona, New Mexico. One is, if you know the map, you know, that I'm talking about, you know, Reverend Wilder, you just keep mentioning them. <laughs> you know, so, and I believe Colorado and Nevada, all those places is called American Missionary Church. Hallelujah. Amen. And because of all these three, each 
of this group is a denomination by itself. Hallelujah. And once it has a denomination, it should have a convener. Hallelujah. So now, we used to refer to Reverend Lindsay as a convener. Now, in this sense, the convener for all these three denominations uh, is E.S. Ivana Aquile. Hallelujah. And Apostle Joel has been moved up. Up. When I say up means that to the management and the leadership of the church. Apostle Joel has been moved up to what we call the executive council. The executive council, they sit under the founding bishops. And then they, in many of the things, it go, or the things go up to the, the, our council. For instance, we will have a council of seven people who will work with the convener. And then Revival International Church will also have a council of seven people. They will also together work with her. And then American Missionary Church will also have a council. Hallelujah. You ask the question, where will the first love be? First love is still first love, and it's a, a denomination. The church now has about 40 denominations. And if a country, I think it's a good place to put your hands Hallelujah. together. If a country has developed to have a lot of branches, you know, that means that country by itself will be a denomination. For instance, I think the country of Togo by itself is a denomination. The country of Benin by itself is a denomination. And all these denominations will have a bishop and a council running it. Hallelujah. You know, in Lighthouse, a lady bishop is called Episcopal Sister. Yes. Are you with me? So now, um, what we used to call Lady Pastor Akule, as many of us we have known by now, last year was ordained as Episcopal Sister, and her new name is Ivana. I-V-A-N-N-A. Ivana or Ivana. Which one would you like to? Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. And she will be assisted by... Um, he is Sarah. Hallelujah. And then they will work together with Apostle Joel. Amen. Any question for me? Or I should finish preaching, then we ask the, you ask their questions. You know, I was talking to somebody, and the person said something about a company. You know, I was just thinking about, and even at the meeting, pastor's meeting, you know, one of the things that gives us strength is by the branches. That's what I said in the beginning. And that is why you find out that any company who, which wants to do well will like to have different branches. And sometimes when they have different branches, they can have the same company but different names. Hallelujah. One of the wisdom is that, like the person was explaining to me, Johnson & Johnson, you know, under the Johnson & Johnson umbrella, they have consumer, they have the pharmaceutical, they have other things. These are the only two that I can remember. So, 
this consumer session, they, they have their own directors, managers running the company. And the pharmaceutical will also have their own, they are also running. So if there's a lawsuit against Johnson & Johnson, you can't take the company Johnson & Johnson on. You need to, if it is from the consumer, you bought something, maybe Tylenol, it didn't go well with you, and you want to sue the company, you cannot sue Johnson & Johnson, you can sue only the consumer session. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. My dear sister, is it a, it, can, it works that way, right? As a lawyer, yeah, you cannot go for the top Johnson & Johnson. It's only the consumer's part because the medicine that you bought, the session that the organization or the company part or the session that the medicine is from is from the consumer part. Hallelujah. And the wisdom in this from the leadership is that God has blessed us with a leader who is thinking about not his generation, not our generation, but the generations ahead of us said that when he is not around, everything will keep running. Look at the Church of Pentecost. They are our senior brothers, right? The founder of Church of Pentecost, even the one who brought it to Ghana, is not there. But the church is one of the strongest churches in the world. I believe that I would not like to exit this world and then my grandchildren will not have access to this wonderful Lighthouse Chapel International. Are you with me, please? And that is the plan of the leader. So if I'm sitting up there, the decisions are being taken by different leaders. When I say even the executive council, Bishop Interfo, Apostle Joel, Bishop I. They will be running, you know. Of course, if there's anything, you go all the way up to consult and bring it back. Hallelujah. So I think it's a good thing. And if we have time, I can even, even today, the Flow Church, Apostle, uh, Prophet was sharing with us seven, um, 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 what was it? Seven, seven reasons for um, um, no, no, not the sacrifice. Today, he, he did two messages. You know, the sacrifice, not the sacrifice, the Holy Spirit part, and then the seven smaller subdivisions, the reason why we have something like that. Hallelujah. If I have it here, let me, let me, bear with me today because it's good that you have a little, hmm, It says seven benefits of smaller subdivisions. He preached two messages this morning, this dawn. And the second one is about this. Hallelujah. And if after church, maybe shepherd's meeting or maybe during, I will share with you. But it gives, it gives you, it will give you the understanding why we should have. But let's read it. Just a quick one. I will give you the reasons. John 15, verse 1. This is not my message, please. Preach. I'm going to preach. Bear with me, please. Say, I'm the true vine, and my father is the husband man. The next one, oh. Yes, verse 2, please. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, 
he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. And that means, if I'm the main vine, that means in light as now, we have the main trunk, the main tree, one, hallelujah, and then attached to this main tree are many branches, hallelujah, and then he says that verse 3, please, verse 3, now ye are clean through verse, five, verse 4, abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own except it abide, verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much what? Much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Hallelujah. So he gave a simple steps, the seven reasons, hallelujah, benefits. Number one is the connection. The connection, you know, now you can see that these branches is going to live and any tree, in fact, if you want to go to, if you go to countries that they tell you, we have a special tree, we have iconic tree that is big, that people come to take pictures. It's many times when you identify the tree, you see that it has so many branches. One trunk, but it has so many branches. How many have seen such trees before? Hallelujah. Yes. Huge stem, huge trunk, big roots, and things, but a identification, what makes it that tree special, this, uh, what makes it special is the branches that we, the tree has. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? And it is the reason why this church is not going to be the same. Hallelujah. Yeah. So you can see that all the branches, the main stem will be here. Can you see? Dark Heward Mills Ministries. Can you see? It's in your t-shirt. I'm talking about this one. You know, this is what connects all of us. Hallelujah. It connects all of us. That is the main vine. That is the main stem. That is the big tree. Hallelujah. And all the branches, whether French, whether we have so many French-speaking countries that are now they are going to, you know. So the question that came up, I was thinking, what will be our francophone branch? The francophone branch, I would say, in America here, now that we are developing it, so it will still be under the Lycos. Are you with me? But as I was explaining to the, the shepherds who came to my meeting Friday, that if we develop the francophone services in North America to have many branches to also become a, a denomination by itself. And I personally believe that we can have a francophone church in Manhattan, we can have one in Bronx, we can have one in Queens, we can have what we just need to, need, we need more people to rise up to help to develop it. Is it a good thing, please? Hallelujah. So you can see that the church is really becoming bigger and bigger. And look at the church buildings. When we built ours in Manhattan, I don't know the number that they gave to us. Maybe some of you can check for us the number that they gave to us. But this morning, 
I had 376, 377, 378 buildings. People are building. Bishop said it's going to 500. And I won't be surprised that by June it will hit the 500. By the grace of God. I think it's a good place to put your hands together for the great things that you are doing. Hallelujah. You know, so maybe let me share my message. And then after that, if you have questions, I will give room for us to have questions. Hallelujah. Are you happy that we are a new denomination? Uh, Reverend, why can't we be like Methodist Church? One Methodist Church. Why? Like, like Coast Revival. Hey, Bima. Uh, um, um, what are some other things? Beautiful. Today, I want to share with you church growth and burning desire. Hallelujah. Church growth and burning desire. I'd like to come down if it is okay. Is it okay for me to come down? Yeah. All right. Thank you for accepting me down here. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know, one of the commandments that Jesus left with us is for all of us to go. Matthew chapter 28, am I right? Then to go and preach and become witnesses. Hallelujah. And many times one of the common things I hear from the brethren, brothers and sisters in the house of God when you are encouraging that, I want you to become this. I want you to become a pastor. So, oh, this work, I mean, I cannot do it. But to be a witness is simply to share your testimony. You see the testimony that Sister Joan is giving us this morning? It's a whole message by itself. That as I'm standing here to testify, it is increasing your faith. It is in telling you about Christ. It's telling us Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He heals. He healed yesterday. He is still healing today, and he will still continue to heal tomorrow. And I'm a testimony, and I'm standing here to testify that if you are also going through the same pain, I want you to continue to have faith and believe him that as he has healed me, he will also heal you. Won't you believe that? Are you with me, please? That is the testimony. That is the preaching. That is why many times we find ourselves when we are preaching, we share our own life. You will be amazed if you stand up to share your life, how people will come to believe you, how people will come to give their life to Christ. Hallelujah. And sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm not perfect like Daniel, the way Daniel was singing, and Dan Daniel looks cool, you know, everything. But brothers and sisters, there's no perfection under the sun here. There is no one, no one, none, zero, nada. Perfect. Except that we decide that we will share. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? And therefore, once we rise up 
and begin to testify, witness to others, that is when the church begins to grow. The church begins to grow. The church begins to grow. Hallelujah. Q, um, oh, I nearly said Q. Lycos International Church. I want you to begin to believe that you can rise up and testify. We need to rise up and help to build the church. Hallelujah. It's a new name, a new beginning. Don't worry about it. Anytime God gives a name to something, it means that he's going to do something new. Hallelujah. God gave Abraham, changed his name from Abraham to Abraham, changed Sarai to Sarah, and everything changed. You look, God should have decided that your name should stay with you. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. But he said that I will change based on what I'm going to do. The same thing, Sarah, the same thing. Hallelujah. Jacob, he said, this name, it comes with something. I want to change because you are a nation. The man was by himself. He, has, he, had, he had no wife. Nothing. He said, you are a nation. You are Israel. Today, look at that nation. Hallelujah. If you ask me how God was going to do it, you know, remember, I was sharing with, I don't know if I was sharing with somebody that when Jacob and his children, they were going to Egypt, they were 70. So in God's own wisdom, he said that these people, if I keep them here, even the inhabitants, they will fight them and execute all of them. So in order for me to preserve what I'm going to do in the next 400 years, I will move them to a country that can preserve them. Hallelujah. When you become special in the sight of God, eh, he knows how to work things out, to preserve your life and preserve your generation. Are you with me, please? Hallelujah. So it's so important. And then the burning desire, look, if we don't have anything we want to do, that we don't have that sensation or the burning, the internal burning desire, we cannot achieve it. That is why people say that it is your vision that makes you. Once you have the vision, the vision is what is going to push you to do certain things. For instance, if right now I, be, I get the vision that I want to be a, a lawyer, I want to be a doctor, is that vision that is going to push me to do the things that I have to do to be able to achieve that. Without it, I will not because everything that you want to do, especially when it's a, it's a higher vision, it is difficult to do it. Hallelujah. You can't just rise up and just become a doctor. You need to really burn the candle. Really need to sit down and study. Hallelujah. You cannot just rise up and become a lawyer. Are you with me, please? You need to sit down and really crack your brains. Have argument, a way to analyze things. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, 
But once you have the vision that I want to be this, no matter, it doesn't matter no more of books that they will give to you. No, no, it doesn't matter the number of notes that the professors will give to you. It doesn't matter the number of assignments that they will give to you. They will not deter you. They will not deter you at all. At all. Because you have a vision to become something. And it should be internal, burning. It should be, you have to, it has to come from here. One of the sad things is that many young people that we have these days do not have this burning desire to do certain things. Mm, And therefore they choose the easiest path. Are you with me, please? Yeah. So you will find out, as I was sharing with you, the witness, you find out that when Jesus met the Samaritan woman, just her testimony turned the whole city around. Hallelujah. Just her testimony. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? Yes, please. And brothers and sisters, Satan his tricks, they are always the same. His tricks are always the same. The way he attacks us is number one, to attack our faith. Hallelujah. Amen. To discredit the word of God. If you read Ephesians, let's read Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6. Let me show you something, please. Preach. If I'm rushing through, please forgive me. Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 10. Yes, Pastor Nana. Finally, my brethren, be mm-hmm. strong in the Lord mm-hmm. and in the power of his might. Mm-hmm. Verse 2. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the, of the devil. Mm. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, Mm. against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, Mm -hmm. and having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. Now give us the armor. Uh Uh-huh. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, Yes. Having on the breastplate of righteousness mm. and your feet shut with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Yes. 16. Above all. 16. Above all. That means above even the ones that I have given to you. Yes, Lord. Brother, I want you to pay attention to this one. Say, above all the ones, above all. Above this is all. very important. Taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench what? All the fiery darts of the wicked. The fiery darts of the wicked. Hallelujah. That, if you understand the fiery darts, it means that it's a, a, a pointed sword that has fire. It touches you, it burns you. So that is one of the, the dangerous weapons that the enemy uses. And it's the way to overcome this one is to have the shield of faith. 
Because when he is coming, he comes to number one to, di to discredit the word of God. And when the word of God is discredited, it shakes your faith. That is why in Genesis chapter 3, he came, he said, Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, said, now the serpent is the most subtle animal or something like that. And then he it started having conversation with the woman and said to the woman, ye have God said, attacking the word of God, attacking what you have heard. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if I can just discredit the word of God, your faith will go down. Hallelujah. And he says that, and then he says, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The next one, please. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruits of the trees of the garden. Verse one, the next one. But of the fruit of the, of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Just discredited. Attack the word of God. Number one is to attack the character. That is why you find out that anytime a church is going to go down, somebody is attacking the church. Number one, they go number one against the church. The word, the messages that the church is, uh, the church is preaching. So you find out that one of the attacks that we get in this church is people say that why are they always preaching from the books? Why are they not preaching from the Bible? Why? But you find out that. The books that we preach from, they are full of verses. It's one of the challenges that we have when we are writing exams. That the exams is full of verses that we struggle with. Hallelujah. Amen. You see that, the, but the books is the way to, for us to open our eyes into the scriptures. Because when a pastor leads a congregation, one of the responsibilities of the pastor is that you lead the congregation to understand the scriptures. So you find out that you will read something, it will not occur to you, but a pastor preaches and explains further, you find out, wow, okay, is that what it means? Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yeah. So the enemy uses, come, he comes against the word of God, number one. And then number two, he comes against, he says, ye shall not surely that. That means God was lying. And then number three, he tells you that, you will can become something that you will never become. Read the next one, please. Verse 5. What does it say? For God doeth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing what good and evil. And mm. that is what I'm sure Eve wanted to be like. Wanted to be like a god. Yes, sir. I think I can also start my church. Oh. If in this church do so many branches, uh, I, if I start my church, you know, I know, I know, I know Winnie. Winnie, Winnie likes me. Winnie will follow me. Nice. I know Warden, Warden, you know, 
Yeah, I think Joyce. Joyce will also follow me. Mercy. Ah, I, am I mentioning certain names here? Yes. Ah, Mama May, yesterday we were chatting. If I tell you I'm starting a branch, can you come along with me? Why you not? Know. That, that is what I also can be a founder. I can be a founder. You know, if I can get Daniel to also sing for me, Daniel, I'll make you assistant pastor. I will not come along with Pastor Nana, you know. <laughs> When we were in Newark, one of the brothers, very talented, very good, doing well. Suddenly, he said he doesn't want to be around anymore. He visited. We talked. Apostle Joel came in. We spoke. We spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke. He said he doesn't want to stay. He wants to go. He wants to go and start his own church. And truly started a church. I just heard recently that the church, after four years, how many years? Four years, five years? Six years now. Or something like that. They have closed the church just last December. And he was a pastor to a branch. Doing very we well. We asked, doing well. The church was doing well. The church was the old bridge branch. Doing well, supporting him, everything. We talk to him like a, a son. So don't go. Whatever that you need in ministry is in this church. Hallelujah. If you want to sing, it's in this church. If you want to do movies, it's in this church. If you want to start a branch, if, if you are here, you want to start a branch, come and tell me. That's right. I'll be Joyce. In fact, I'm, I'm looking for people to sing. <laughs> Do you want to start a branch? You were thinking about it. Okay. Finish thinking and come and tell me. <laughs> yeah. And even the things that this brother went through. Today, what are you going to do? Are you coming back? And when you come back, where will you be? if you come back, all the people that they've gone that they come back, Bishop takes them, but the thing is that you can, that's what like the, the father said to the son, you see, I believe that the father will not give everything. What that you get is the gun, the, the rings, and all those, and the party. After that, say everything the father has, he gave it to the other brother. I don't know, am I saying it right? Yeah, so when you come back, oh, you, why not? You are welcome. You are, look, there's no one the church should exclude from me uh, because that is the reason why Christ came. Hallelujah. So Amen. no matter how far you go, when you come back, we will still love you and everything, but Amen. your position will easily change. Amen. Hallelujah. And he Amen. himself, he identified his position before he came. So I cannot be a son anymore. Make me a servant. Whether it was done or it was not done, the Bible did not say it. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. Brethren, the church is so important. Let's rise up and build it. It's simple. First John 1 to 4. John made it so simple. He said the things that we have seen, the things that we touch, the things that we heard, My those God. are the things that My John God. wrote. Hallelujah. He wrote. He didn't do anything apart from what he saw about Christ and what he witnessed. That's what he testified. He wow. testified. 
Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. So, the reasons why we must build a church. Let me give you a few and then I will close. Reasons why church growth is so important and therefore like us international church we must rise up and I want to encourage all of you members like us members to rise up Manhattan brand to rise up and build the church. The church is everything. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? please. It is the only project that Jesus is doing. Number one reason. Please, write it down. I have about six, but I will not give everything because of time. Preach. Matthew 16, verse 18. If I start a branch, won't you follow me? I will promote you. Amen. Yeah. Be careful now. Oh, Matthew please. 16, 18. <laughs> Why is Reverend Kwame saying, is he going to? Yeah. <laughs> By the grace of God, I've understood a few things. Amen. Yeah. All of you are here simply because of this. Am I right? Am I saying it's right? Yes, please. And that is what the deception that many times it happens to us. Because the brethren will come to church, forgetting that they are here because of Dark Ward Nell's ministries. I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, it's just, I said it's the only project that Jesus is doing. He said, I will build my church, princess. Jesus is saying that I will build my church in the gate of hell. Hallelujah. That means God is building. God is doing a project. Imagine you are helping somebody to do a project. People that you work on, the, on, the, on a project, you don't forget them. Even at work. People in our teams that they give us a project to work with. You have meetings, you have, sometimes you, you take coffee together, you do things. Even the personal life, there are many project management people that you work with, you don't even forget their number. A small project that we did some years ago, years ago, more than 10 years ago, I've never forgotten the person's phone number. 0277794375. After all these nice, nice smartphones, and because of smartphones, we don't remember phone numbers anymore. Do you remember Pastor Nana's number? 917-742-4219. Are you sure? Okay. Do you remember my number? Speed dial, that's what it is. Smart. You know, I just pray that it will help us to work. You know, I was leading the prayer about two weeks ago, and I was saying that we should trust God to work that way in 2023. Smart. You don't struggle to do a lot of things, and yet your income is increasing. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yeah. That's what they call a smartphone. It does the things for us. 
Blackberry came. We thought it was too smart until the iPhone came. We thought, oh, no, 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 you are not smart. You do remember my number because you have a project with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. So imagine that God will just remember your princess. I mean, remember you, remember your number. We'll call you, we'll talk to you. Even in this church, a few people that I do projects with, you know, we found that we talk all the time. And many times, you know, the, the project part is just a small part of our life. Other things will come up. It's not true. Yeah. Very true. You find yourself talking to the person all the time. First, you talk about the project, and then it moves from the project to other things. And then through the casual conversation, you see that other wisdom and other great things are also coming into the equation. And therefore, I want to encourage all of us. Let's rise up and join hands with Jesus to build this project. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. To build his church. Yes. He will remember you. He will not forget your number. He will not forget your name. Wow, I tell you. That is why David, I don't know whether David knew this. He said, I will build a house. Because even with this mind, I'm going to establish your kingdom forever. With just this mind. Number two. Hmm. Number two. The church is important because God has chosen his great wisdom through the church. Ephesians 3, 9 and 10. His great wisdom. Should I give three points or? Hmm. God has chosen his great wisdom. The wisdom of God is revealed through his church. In other words, that is what it means. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9. Pastor Nana. Ephesians and 3, 10. 9, please. Mm -hmm. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has, built, has been hid in God, mm -hmm. who created all things by Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Verse 10, please. To, to the, the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, you can even add in the secular world, places might be known by the church there. Manifold wisdom of what? Of God. Of God. Hallelujah. Give us the amplified version. AMPC or AMP. AMPC says that, verse 10, it says that the purpose is that through the church, the complicated, comma, many sided wisdom, brethren. The wisdom of God has many sided. Amen. Multifaceted, if I can use that word. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a many sided, in sided wisdom of God in all its infinite variety. The wisdom of God has various things 
varieties and innumerable aspects might now be made. That means the many-sided wisdom, the normal varieties, the multifaceted, the, that the wisdom of God might be known to the angelic rulers and the authorities, including even the secular world. Through the church. Through the church. The church. Therefore, as we rise up to build a church, God show us many wisdom. Amen. God gives us many directions. And Amen. the wisdom that, look, the world has become more complicated. Hallelujah. We need the wisdom of God to navigate this world. And too well. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. One of the ways, even something as simple as having a beloved, eh, if you don't have the wisdom of God, you can easily lose your beloved. Mm. Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me, please, brethren? Yes, please. Number three. Preach. The church is important because the church is, is the extension of our families or your family. Extension of your biological family. And this is very, very, very important. Critical. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, please. Verse 46 to 49. Verse 46. King James. Oh. Yep. Any, any version I will flow. Okay. King James, I will flow. Mm -hmm. Jesus was still speaking to the people when, behold, mm -hmm. his mother and brothers stood outside seeking mm -hmm. to speak to him. Mm -hmm. Verse 47. Someone said to him, listen. Your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. Mm -hmm. But he replied to them, who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Mm. 49. And stretching out his hand toward not only the 12 disciples. Stretching out his hand toward not only to the 12 disciples. But all his but adherents. all his adherents. He, he said, said, here, here are my are mother and my brothers. This, is, this was the beginning of his ministry. Hallelujah. He wanted to show you and I, he wanted to show the world that let's change the, the definition of a family. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Because there's no one who can survive in this world just depending on your biological family, Amen. your biological mother, your biological father, your biological brother, and your biological sister the aunties and the uncles. There's no one. And when he was leaving the world, John 19, he really affirmed this particular one that we are reading. This is when John, Jesus was, about, I think, 12 years old, something like that. Yes. He was just starting the ministry and was just slipped from the, I mean, moved from the house or something like that. He went to the temple. And then people asking, you know, negotiating and discussing things with the Pharisees and the leaders of the scribes. Mm. Those days, 
are you with me in place? Yes, please. And then he said, who are my mother and my father? And in my life, I can stand here by the grace of God. Many great things that I have, they have happened to me is through the church family, Amen. the faith family, Amen. the people that God has given to us. Amen. Even just being here for only four years, yes. the blessings that God has extended. You are preaching, Reverend. You know we have been here for four years, right? Already. 29th January was four years. <laughs> Time flies. Wow. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Together. Hmm. John 19, 25 to 27. John 19, 25. Amplified. Please, amplify. Brothers and sisters, our biological mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers, they are too small for the number of mothers we need on this earth. The, the number of fathers we need on this earth. Can you imagine... If your only mother that you can have is your biological mother, and at this age, look at it. Mm. Mercy. Mercy. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to share with you. You are preaching. But the sad thing is that when God brings the extended one, mm. sometimes we don't see. Don't see. Sometimes we reject it. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. Sometimes, because the way God does things, sometimes it's not obvious. Sometimes even the way somebody will come to you as an extended brother. Brothers and sisters, a good home with a Christ-centered home, eh, the siblings are supposed to live in a certain way. I don't know if you get it. Not the quarrel type, always fighting. When you are going up and then I get angry. When you are building, I get angry. No, no, no. That is not a Christ-centered home. Amen. Siblings, they live. But sometimes you yourself, the way this person, where do I know this person from? In which, what family? Except that you met in this church, but this person has extended so much love to you. You wonder why. Mm. Wow. Wow, what a love. Glory be to God. And please, parents, mothers, and brothers. Let's read, let's read the John. So John 19, 25. Mm -hmm. But by the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. 26. You see, if you check 25, you will find out that it's a, by the cross was, which version is this one? Amplify. Okay. See that the Bible gave the biological family Amplify. first. It said that, but by the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his, his that means his auntie, and then he gave even the husband's name, auntie's husband, and then Mary Magdalene. I don't know if Mary Magdalene was a was not if it was the one with the spirit that Jesus delivered. No, no, the mother's sister. That means Jesus' aunt. He was also Mary. Mary Madeline was the Mary, Mary Madeline was hallelujah. Are you Amen. with me, please? Yes. What I'm trying to let us pay at see is that the Bible gave the biological siblings. Hallelujah. The yes. family members. There. Then verse 26. 26. Then 
So Jesus, seeing his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing near, said to his mother, Dear woman, see, here is your son. Mm -hmm. 27. Then he said to the disciple, See, here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own, keeping own, keeping own home. 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that That's all it. Was he introduced, Son, this is your mother. John had a mother. And Jesus was not the only child. Hallelujah. We just, if you read other versions, you find out that the other siblings were there. But he said to the mother that, I want you to take this young one as a son. And you take my mother as the new mother that I'm extending apart from the family. Hallelujah. One. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yeah. It's not everything in this world that your biological father and your biological mother can do for you. That is what it is. I can testify. My parents left at a point. I believe they were not bad people. Even the school that you are going to, they cannot, they don't understand. Are you with me, please? Yeah. And I want all of us to come to understanding that you cannot parent or mother or father your children by yourself. Amen. You can't. Amen. Should I say it again? Yes. You cannot father or mother your children mm. by yourself. Preach you it. will be frustrated. Preach it. And at a point, you will... You see... Huh, one day, one of the branches. One day. Yes, a mother after church came to tell me, my son put a kitchen knife in his bag and went to school. And I don't know what happened. The knife came out <laughs> at a, either the dining room or somewhere. You know how here too they can, especially when you are a black guy, you take kitchen knife, big one, not like the bread one that you used to take margarine or something like that. Are you with me, please? Took it off to school, and then it came out. And then the nutshell is that the principal said, we have to let him go. You have to let him go. So the mother told me. When the mother told me, I said, what? And this young man's father was not here. Only the mother. I said, when are you? He said, we have a meeting on Tuesday. I said, Tuesday what time? He said, 9 o'clock with the district superintendent or something like that. That is where the final decision will be made. I just put on my, my the suit and the shirt and everything. We, the work I do, I don't do those things. But I said, I will go. Let me, tell me, give me the address. Give me, she gave me the address. And then I put on my shirt, my suit, as if I'm, I'm a lawyer. I'm going to defend, you know. <laughs> a mediator. <laughs> Went to the mother's workplace. We drove to the meeting. Then the, school, the, every, the meeting started. The school superintendent sat at one end. We also sat at another end. We, spoke, we said, we have revealed everything. We are not going to let this boy stay in this district because of what he has done. 
Then, just before we left, I remembered one of the Christmas shows. The, the young man was part of the show, and I had a video clip on my iPad. So I took that one with me as a defense for him. So after that, I said, I want to say something. And I, I stood, and I spoke, and I said, if this knife was in this boy's bag, it just said by accident. He is not the person that you may be imagining now. He's a church boy. He comes to church every day. The proof is that these are some of the things that he does in the church. And I gave it to the man. You know, after that, he looked at me. He said, Reverend, give me a few minutes. Then I we gave. After a few minutes, they came back. Said, we are going to suspend everything based on what you have told us. Hallelujah. So you can see that we are a family. I went in not only like a pastor. I went as a father to defend. If it is my son, what would I do? I will stand and defend. Hallelujah. The same way one time, one of the, one of the, my, uh, the pastors, he was living at a place and they were living at the top of an apartment. And they're down. I don't know what happened that the person living under them, suddenly they don't want them to live up there anymore. They say they create noise, they do this, they do that. So the renter office decided that they would eject them. So they had to go to New Brunswick Court. I went and I went to talk to the judge. Said, this person is a pastor. He, his children is not like what you are, you are thinking. We spoke, we spoke, we spoke. And finally, they decided that they will not eject them. But they themselves, after that, they didn't want to have anything to do with the rental office. So they moved out. What I'm trying to say is that God has given us a great family. That is why one of the things that Satan can use to really cripple us from some of these things is for us to begin to form cliques. And the cliques is said that if you are going to be here, I'm not going to be there. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't. A child of God should not say that I don't want to have anything to do with this person whilst we are all in the house of God. You are preaching. What a word. That is why I pray all the time, not because sometimes you say, oh, you are a pastor, so you have to make sure. Not. Look, I pray even in my family, I try not to have any quarrel with anyone. Any quarrel. In this church, I trust God to always equally anything I will do for A if I get opportunity. That's many times I don't get opportunity, but if I get opportunity, I will do the same thing for B. Amen. That's it. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. Yeah. So the church is an extension of the family that God has given to us. And I want us to sit up well and sit in it well that as you are sitting by princess, know that princess is an extended family that God has given to you. Are you with me? Amen. Uh, please. Yeah, as I'm standing by Daniel, Daniel is an extended brother that God has given to me. Daniel is an extended brother that God, came, God has given to you. How many Amen. times have I given you mothers in this church? Amen. Wow. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
Are you with me, please? Your help, oh Lord. Yeah. The last one. The church is very precious to Jesus because he bought it with his blood. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. The last verse for the day. Acts 20, verse 28. Acts 20, verse 28. 28. Thank you, Pastor Nana. Take care and be on guard for yourselves and the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you. Give us King James so that. Mm -hmm. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over, over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. Mm. Which he has purchased with his own blood. blood. Imagine as you step out to go to the shopping mall and you are going to buy certain things. And they ask you, how are you paying? It's not by credit card. It's not by cash. It's not by debit card. But it's by your blood. Mm. You are using, for each purchase, you are using your blood. For each purchase, you are using your blood. Think about it. You buy a shoe. So what is the payment mode? My blood. How many things will you buy before you die? No, no, I, I, are you with me? Think, let's, let's think about it carefully. You find out that all the six billion people in this world, Jesus has redeemed us Amen. by his blood. That is why every soul is so precious. Every human being is so precious. Hallelujah. Everyone is so precious to him. You are special, my dear sister. Princess, you are special in the sight of God. He has bought you with his own blood. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the testimony and this is the way that you have to believe. It's not about what somebody is saying. Hallelujah. Amen. And I believe that from 2023... We will rise up to build the church of God. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus as word. we close? Well, so what is the point number one? The only project Jesus is building. The only project that Jesus is building. Let's be part of this project. Hallelujah. People that you build with, even in school, when they put somebody in your project team and you work very well, you don't forget the person. The same way in this secular life, somebody joins you to build your project. How many of us will forget the carpenter, will forget the electrician, unless they are not good electrician, they are not good carpenters? That is when you forget about them. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. But when the person goes deeper into your project that you are doing, you don't forget them. You always remember them. Hallelujah. Amen. That is what it means. Number two, what is the point number two? God has chosen his great wisdom. He great wisdom through the church. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. To the intent. That is the wisdom. The wisdom of God is, can only be revealed through his church. 
Hallelujah. Amen. The church is so important. The wisdom of God is complicated. It's, it has many sides. It's, it has many varieties. Hallelujah. And for us to know all this wisdom, we need to be involved in the building of the church of Amen. God. And the last one, the next one, that God has the extension of our biological family. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so excited to have other people in my life who yes. are not my biological family members. Yes. I check my phone. I check my call log all the time. My mm. calls always they go to the, the church of God. Hallelujah. The people of God. Many of the blessings that I can just testify, stand up and know that this is by the grace of God they come from the people of God. Hallelujah. And Amen. if you are sitting here, you can hear me. God has a blessing for you in this church from one of the people that God has chosen to yes. be in this church. Are you with me, please? Yes, please. Benny, are you with me? Yes. Yeah. Look at how every day when you are going home, your backpack, it comes with a lot of light weight. By the time you will be going home, it goes home with what? Extra weight, right? Yeah. Have you noticed that God has given you mothers in this church? Amen. Look at how Doris treated you. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Amen. Yeah. That you go to a place, they accept you wholeheartedly. Look, brethren, let me say something to you. It is only, Apostle was sharing with us where Somebody was saying that when he came to the United States, that he was sleeping in somebody's living room, and the person asked him to pay rent. Mm. I don't know if you know, get what rent for where? For sleeping in the living room. Sorry? They divided the rent. It was only one bedroom. So the owner of the room was paying, sleeping in the one bedroom. And then the guy was sleeping in the living room. And the guy divided the rent into two. You pay half and Equally. also pay half. 50-50. Look, but many times, many brethren accept people into their house for free. Nothing. That's what I'm saying. It's only in the house of God we see these things for free. You are preaching. In the outside, outside world, it's not like that. Even if you sleep in the shower place or the toilet, you will still pay. If it is the kitchen that you will put mattress on the floor, you yeah. have to pay. You are preaching. Happy, you remember things. What is it? <laughs> you sure? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We can't hear you. Uh-huh. I said before, you know, first of all, it was one bedroom. Yes. So they divided, the guy divided the rent with him. Uh-huh. He was sleeping. He was supposed to sleep in the couch in the living room. Uh -huh. Then the guy said, he's going to destroy the couch. So he was not allowing him to sleep in the couch. So he would drill or something like that yeah. onto the couch. So he would not <laughs> so allow him to... To sleep on the couch. Uh -huh. To put something on the floor uh -huh. in the living room to sleep on, and yet he's supposed to pay half of the rent. So they brought it to Apostle. To you know, there they were church members too. Was it church members? No, no, they were. They were in the church. What happened? The guy coming to America, 
he was he too had uh, uh, has to stay with somebody, and they, they charge him everything equally. So when he also, by the grace of God, was blessed and had a room, somebody came. Then he remembered that when he came, he was charged. So if somebody is here, the person will also be charged. 50-50. So the guy reported to Apostle, and Apostle called him. And the guy reminded Apostle that this thing that he's doing, he's not being bad. He, it was done to him. <laughs> so... Whatever was done to him, he's also doing the same. Please rise up <laughs> onto your feet. Let's bring the service, the message to an end. Hallelujah. Pastor Nana, thank you so much. Yeah. Let's thank God for his church. Let's thank God. Let's thank God. The church is very important. Church growth and the burning desire. The group will not come if we don't rise up and build the church. Thank you. It will not come. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It will not come. So thank you. I want you to take your time. Let's come on. Give us thank you, Jesus. Nice. Ready? Let's start. Uh -huh. Come on, let's sing it. my brother and my sister come on so take me by your hand together we will work until he comes Last time. Father, we thank you for oh, this yes. afternoon. We bless you, O oh God. You have opened our eyes again. The there are times that we doubt. Yes. The person just standing by me, is he or is she indeed my, my brother? But today you have affirmed it again. That by the blood of Jesus and by your word, O oh God, the ones that we do the same witnessing with, the same with disciple people with Mr. Brother and our sister. Thank you for this faith family that you have given to us. We pray that Lord, you will give us the grace to see when a real sister 
Because in every situation, there will always be the wheat and the tears. And Lord, when the enemy camouflage himself as a, as a tear, reveal unto us that we will see in the name of Jesus. May we know the real brothers and may we know the real sisters in the name of Jesus. And the mothers of God and the fathers that you have given to us in this house. In the mighty name of Jesus. We bless you. We honor you. Build your church. Make us the project managers. Make us the helpers of your church, oh God. May none of us sit aloof this year, 2023. But may we all in various capacities, oh God, through the giving of our offerings, through the giving of our tithe, through the giving of support of various ministries, Lord, to build your church. We bless you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Let's take our tithe. It's almost two. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.